and Jeremy says, come on, let's go. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Um, wow. Well, we have a great show for everybody that's been waiting. That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> we're live, by the way, guys. Uh, so welcome, welcome, come one, come all to Bitcoin and Altcoin Trading Talk. Uh, this is episode 54. Uh, per usual, my name is William Kale from Coinogy.com. Um, I'm going to get this out of there right off the bat. I am in no way associated with IO coin, but they sent me a t-shirt. And when somebody sends me a t-shirt, I'm most likely going to wear it. So um, <laughs> anybody who wants to send an XL t-shirt, feel free to uh, to find the Coinogy address on our website and send it in because I'm just my word on the show. So welcome. Um, <laughs> Brian, how are you doing tonight? Brian Beamish, the Rational Investor. Hey, bud. Nice to see you again. Hello, everybody. Out in internet land. Hi, Jeremy. We got going, so hope you're happy. <laughs> if I go like that, it means I'm talking to our, our lounge right now. So. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I'm like, surprised how many people, uh, like, uh, our little site is getting pretty robust, and they're all like, come on, where's this back? What's going on here? We're going to revolt here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. Right on, right on. Um, and we'll segue into Mr. Alex Sturk of Block Talk fame. Hello, What's everyone. going on tonight? Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so I got my own swag too. I'm uh, I'm in Vancouver now, so I'll probably go bark down on Brian's door a little later tonight, and uh, yeah, give him some swag. I got some Ubik poker chips that were given out in town here for an event. Um, I also got a sick like shirt for Silk Road, and I'm not affiliated with them, but I do love their service. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's been you know. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, easy, easy now. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm live calling from uh, Decontrol. It's a meetup space here in Vancouver. Very decentralized technologies and uh, lots of uh, really cool projects going on. Some interviews this Saturday. We have uh, Peter Risen from like Bitcoin Unlimited coming down to the space here. So uh, that should be an interesting talk. Yeah. Make I'm, sure uh, to ask them how much they're spending on ads on Reddit because I just get bombarded every time I sign on. Yeah, yeah, that that'll be a good question. Is what their media budget is because it's got to be almost as big as their uh, spam fee budget. Like, uh, <laughs> but I think now with all the uh, Bitcoin Unlimited stuff going, or like uh, all the uh, hard forks going on right now, there's not a lot of network spam. Like, uh, blocks are fairly reasonable right now. So yeah, well, hey, with the bad comes the good, I guess. Um, and I know we're all kind of keeping an eye on on the various bips that are uh, approaching. Um, was it BIP 91 and then we have BIP 148 towards the end of the month. So things could get interesting here pretty quickly. So with this uh, BIP 91 though, like change is happening now, right? I Apparently it has to be confirmed past, uh, man, what is it? 60% uh, or something like that. And it's happening, but then once it's um, in place, it has to remain there for a certain number of blocks, something mm -hmm. like that. So that could happen within the next couple of weeks, like prior to August 1st. That's all I know, though. I mean, I'm not, I'm definitely not an expert on that stuff. But like the, um, the 91 was like what I interpreted, it was supposed to be kind of like a seamless solution. Mm -hmm. okay. Alex, are you still hearing that this thing's going to break apart here? Um, I don't know. I think uh, everyone's pretty confident now that SegWit is going to be like triggered in one way or another. Um, it's just like the whole fallout of uh, like 
what happens in the next six months is uh, kind of been uh, a topic for debate still, like uh, having a hard fork for the the block size. And, and like a lot of, there's like four clients floating around, like there's Bitcoin ABC now. There, there's so much going on, it's hard to keep track of it. And I'm just getting distracted by a lot of the Ethereum shit going on too. Yeah, the you mean the new Ethereum hard fork that's inevitable? <laughs> Well, that that was some of the Twitter jokes I was reading today. It was like uh, the hacker that uh, took a bunch of money uh, today from uh, some new exploit uh, didn't take as much as he could have. So he probably was thinking, if I take too much, they're going to do another hard fork. Right. So let, let's keep it like uh, within reason. So I think he only took thirty million instead of like oh, one hundred and fifty million. So I so heard that, uh, I heard that Charlie Lee. I heard I read uh, you know his tweets. It's so funny watching him. That guy's hilarious. That guy's a riot. That guy is. A, but I just heard him just picking apart Ethereum, just right, left, and center, just going, you know, if you guys can, if you guys can't, uh, how did his line go? He, he said it was. I could go find the tweet, but he was like, if you can't even solve this problem, you know, uh, you know, there's mountains of problems ahead of you. I can't remember how it went, but. Uh, it was really it's it's a pretty accurate statement, um, at least in my opinion. Although, uh, you know, they are doing some pretty serious, significant things in terms of like the the corporate side. I mean, Mastercard just jumped on with them. Cisco <laughs> just jumped on with them as far as the mm -hmm. Ethereum Alliance stuff. So, but you know, a lot of that is kind of they're trying to do their own permissioned type of internal systems and who I, I don't actually I really don't know what they're no one really knows exactly what they're doing but I think um, they're like pushing and supporting a standard but it probably just boils down to a couple of events and lunch meetings uh, that are right exactly burning right. through a lot of money for really I don't know it, it's a lot of marketing there, there there's some private network stuff being developed but it's really hard to say that enterprise uh, ethereum alliance is, is really is really accomplishing a lot because it is really just kind of being, um, I don't know, an evangelist kind of uh, with all these companies. So it, it's good. I mean, like uh, we in the Ubik community are happy that they're pushing a standard like we are. Um, it's just, yeah, it's uh, it, it's still very much a buzzword in that community. Like they're, I'm not sure if they're progressing it more, but blockchain as a buzzword is it's, mm -hmm. it's really hot right now. Do you think that the Ethereum will overshadow the Ethereum issues will overshadow Bitcoin's concerns? Um, I don't know. Like, uh, it, it's definitely not. Um, I think we're gonna get past this, and nobody will even remember it happened a week from now. To be honest with you, I mean, at least as far as this specific issue. The whole um, Bitcoin issue, or the no, the the Ethereum issue. I mean, uh, I mean, this, basically, the people that lost money were a few ICOs. Yeah. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not like the necessary. Oh, I guess technically the consumer base was affected because they invested in those ICOs, but uh, it's. I, I don't see this as, you know, some kind of contention where people are going to have to hard fork or really the direction of Ethereum is going to change because of it. It's probably just going to be patched in whatever respect it can be. But yeah, I think they're just going to move past it because it, it is. Um they've already had a couple smaller issues and it's kind of like, well, what is the breakthrough number? Like is if, if a billion dollars gets stolen, do they do a hard fork then? It's, I, I think it has to be a very big problem and one single problem. Cause uh, this issue was completely immediately immediate. None of these funds are recoverable. They're already kind of like being mixed and sent around. Um, 
So uh, whereas the Dow was kind of happening in slow motion, they had like a real mm-hmm. month to kind of solve the problem and, and, and only change one account status. <laughs> Um, whereas, yeah, undoing and trying to trace a lot of the transactions to coordinate a hard fork without the hacker just moving addresses is going to be really difficult. So I don't think they're even going to attempt it. But like, yeah, Jeremy uh, in our chat just made a good point too, and he said um, the the Dow was like a way bigger percentage of the market cap at the time that it happened compared to, you know, this paltry little thirty two million that we lost here. Yeah, like the, earlier in the week, uh, seven million dollars are stolen because an ICO on the on their website they had the address yeah. to send to, and yeah, coin uh, yep. yeah, and somebody changed it like when the ICO started. So they hacked the website and just put their own address in and now they got $7 million in the ether. Like, and I, apparently it's all the same group. Like some people are seeing that like uh, the, the, all these uh, Slack notifications that are going around of bots that are like, hey, you know, load up our your wallet in our service. Yeah, the ether wallet stuff. Yeah, so I think a lot of this is kind of coordinated and it's all from a very similar party or, uh, uh, the, these are like hackers who are looking for vulnerabilities and looking to mm-hmm. take a lot of the money. We um, should probably take the opportunity to let anybody listening know: do not click on any link that claims anything with regards to my Ether wallet. Um, there's basically a, a link that I I obviously haven't clicked it, and I don't know the whole issue with it. But there's people spreading it all over <laughs> all the various um, currencies, Slack chat rooms and everything so just be be mindful of that so yep yeah warn your friends there's a there's, there's a lot going on right now it's uh you know lot, lots of yeah, money you're, uh, you're pretty in on the inside of this though alex i mean you probably have a pretty good idea who these people are um i don't know like the the, the thing that happened today i guess for those listening in who don't or who are coming here to learn more about it um, there was a parity client. So Bitcoin or uh, Ethereum has two versions of their wallet and they're written in two different languages. The, uh, the one that's written by Gavin Wood, uh, the parity technologies team, uh, had a vulnerability added into the code back in January that changed how multi-signature accounts work and it allowed anyone to be able to drain them. So why was Unbelievable, this merged in? Yeah, like why would they even change such a core function like that, like multi-sig, without even being properly vetted? And it existed for this entire, um, um, since January 17th. Um, so to me, it almost like smells like an inside job again. It's like there, there's people who are, um, like this was at the beginning of ICO season. So a lot of ICOs that use the parity client to build uh, their multi-sigs, they're all the ones getting targeted. So um, if anyone wasn't, you know, hip to it, then they're they're that's, kind of uh, that's sort of what Charlie was going on about. I seem to remember him making reference to that parody. Yeah. So I I don't know. It, it it stinks too much to say that it's just oh it was an accident. It's like um I don't know. It's kind of convenient. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. And that and if anything. I guess what really bugs me about this is, do you know what's going to derail crypto? It's going to be people that are inside. They're the, you know, when the Nasdaq broke apart and all the scandals about Enron and WorldCom and all that, you guys probably don't even remember these stories, but they were horrific billion dollars. A few, right? I'm not, I'm not that young. (laughs) Now that's what killed the dot com bubble. You know, I actually make the argument, and it's really sad. But, you know, when I teach my students and stuff, I make the argument that, you know what's actually going to kill this 
uh, crypto bubble, or a boom, we'll call it now, um, is actually, you know, there's going to be some horrific scandal. And the worst part about it is, what I'm hearing is, it's probably going to be perpetuated by people on the inside. It kind of, it really bums me out. Sure. I mean, it's like anything, you know, you're the, the folks that hold the keys essentially to, um, you know, either hold the majority of a currency or, you know, things like that. There's really a, a temptation that always exists there to bend the rules, you know, in their favor. So, I mean, that's, that's what always happens with the, the financial systems in general. So, uh, you know, kind of moving towards the whole, uh decentralization aspect i mean in reality that's kind of what these markets are supposed to in an ideal world prevent right because it's all decentralized and no one party has control but we're still seeing obviously a lot of centralization of the decentralization yeah. and a lot of people still hold a lot of power so but and i'm yeah. just curious uh, for people who just don't quite understand alex i can you make the comparison that as Litecoin is a clone of Bitcoin, Ubik is a clone of Ethereum? Uh, yeah, like that's a pretty good um, that's a pretty good comparison. Uh, I mean, well, and really, we, we made more true. changes to the uh, Ethereum code base than to yeah. like uh, than Litecoin did to uh, Bitcoin. Uh, but, and that's uh, not really the question. The question really is: Is Ubik as vulnerable? as Ethereum seems to be here? Like why is, um, all this is, you know, they always say once is, oh, maybe it was an accident, right? Twice is, hmm, this is getting a bit fishy. Three is, yeah. there's a trend developing. So yeah, we, we, we have a lot smaller focus in our, and we're trying to be a little <laughs> more conservative. So like we probably could have had a parity client if we really wanted to expend the resources to do it. But it was outside of our skill set. We didn't have anyone in our com community that was confident enough to do it. And we didn't see the need for it. So, um, and a, a lot of exchanges and stuff, they all use the same version of the Ethereum client that we ported over. Uh, so, it, yeah, we, we, we don't try and add anything that we're not, you know, um, um, I won't say experts, but we're very well, or very knowledgeable. And like, we know the Golang implementation, like the back of our hand, we have very experienced developers in it. So porting over changes like that, we would have been going over with a fine tooth comb. And um, yeah, we're, the conservative approach that we have is, is really just trying to make sure that uh, our community is safe. Like we're, we're trying not to grow too fast. Ethereum has a lot of marketing right now and a lot of dumb money comes in. So they're really easy to target. Like, uh, any That's a community. good point as far as, um, just to back you up a little bit, Alex, I mean, as far as, uh, you know, when there's a flaw found in Ethereum, it's potentially devastating. Uh, but that gives you guys uh, who have significantly smaller market cap um, a chance to patch that bug without having devastating consequences. Whereas Ethereum might have to do some kind of crazy fork, you guys might be able to you know, implement some kind of solution because you're not, you don't have so many millions riding on it, essentially. So, yeah, I mean, well, that's, like, 
it's like a redundant kind of version, you know, as far as <laughs> bug testing and that kind of stuff. So yeah, like Bitcoin is almost like the icebreaker for uh, for all of crypto, where it's kind of like it, it's the one taking all the flack from regulators and stuff. And Ethereum is kind of the same thing for you, Bic. It's uh, it's really uh, hitting all these technical hurdles, the scaling problems far before we're ever going to have to worry about them. And mm -hmm. we're, we're able to, you know, have a more stable approach. Like I don't value our network anywhere more than that ethereum like a, it doesn't make any sense we're not where the innovation is but we're very particular in like hey they have a really good product let's have be one step removed from the innovation not sure. the leading end. and that's how yeah, like, in, Windows the, in the startup world that's referred to as the second mover advantage basically <laughs> let, let the first mover deal with all the hard stuff and then you swoop in and, and yeah get the spoils like, essentially mm -hmm. Majority of enterprises on Windows 7 right now. Like Windows 10 is still being debugged. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we can be the Windows 7 and uh, you know let you know Ethereum. Be that, the that's Windows a terrible 10. analogy, but okay. You know? <laughs> we're we're just another version of Linux. I don't know, uh, but I'm getting off topic here. Of uh, we don't need to talk about Ubic too often. I got lots to to do that I'll release later on. <laughs> okay, I just uh, well I got you here. I like to pick your brain. Sorry. Yeah, I'll we'll go for a beer later, bro. Yeah. Right. Um, and also, too, you know, uh, my perspective is there's a lot of people coming into this space that haven't got, they, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think that they would even understand the conversation we just tried to have. I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of what you said kind of went round over my head because, you know, I'm just an old dinosaur. So uh, I think you just need to appreciate that as we sort of expand out into the world, if anything, you almost have to try and, you know, dumb your presentation down as much as you can. Because I'm just noticing, right, I'm talking to a lot of new people, and a lot of these new people got sucked into buying the top of the market here. And not only that, but they really didn't even know exactly what the heck it is they're actually buying. So uh, just be mindful of that, Alex. You actually, actually, uh, as a em emissary of crypto, it may seem really simplistic to you. It may really seem like, geez, I keep saying the same darn thing over and over. They're just not getting it. But you gotta break this right down to the most simplest common denominator. It just, you know, uh, from my perspective, I think that's uh, that's actually what this space kind of needs a bit. So. Yeah, and um, having some meetups downstairs here talking more about those issues, it's like uh, not not only like to, to explain Bitcoin, you have to improve people's technology literacy to kind of like get the point across of like, yeah, this is why this network's important and how it's different. But then also too, like teaching the financial literacy of owning your own money and uh, yeah. being able to invest in things on a whim, like there, it, it is so easy to send your money anywhere, but that yeah. doesn't mean you should. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And um, in a weird sort of way, you could argue that Big Brother, to a certain degree, kind of really doesn't want to give the public this kind of discretionary uh, power, because they're probably going to end up getting themselves into trouble. I mean that that's true. I mean I, I hate to say it, but you know your your average Joe getting in, into this space, it's still there's no protections for you. I mean really, and there's so much malware out there, and there's so much. It's it's really it's scary. Um, 
So, you know, I mean, we've been getting just tons of voicemails uh, from new users, obviously, the last couple months. And now they're calling uh, voicemails. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. We I actually recently had to uh, to I had my wife record basically <laughs> a voicemail message basically saying, unfortunately, we're unable to take support via phone. Please email support. You know, if it's a business <laughs> matter, leave a voicemail because it was getting it was getting pretty, pretty crazy. I can imagine. But, uh, one thing I'll say to you, Alex, and I actually got this the other day, and it, it absolutely floored me. I think you have to expand your brain. It can't be in the basements of, of New Centrals anymore. Get your this brain out of the basement, here. Alex. There's a beer here. <laughs> yeah, I know, but this is going big time. Some guy actually just out of nowhere said, Brian, we're having a crypto conference in Vegas, and we want you down here talking to a room of like a 1,000 people. Like what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you got to understand this is going mainstream, and the audiences mm -hmm. are getting really big. So, yep. uh, you know, pants optional meetings can't do those anymore. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but just to finish on what I, on my point, which sorry, was, I didn't mean to. No, no, no. You're fine. So when I when I would you know call these these folks back, I mean the first thing out of my mouth is, look, you need to understand what you're getting into here. I mean, this is not, you know, we're not FDIC insured here. This is, uh, there's people that are gonna actively be trying to get into your system, to get at your wallets, to hack into your exchange account. You need to be extremely vigilant, um, you know, just, just getting into the space, do your research, you know, the, the usual, the big three, keep everything in cold storage, don't trade anything, don't put anything in an exchange that you don't intend to trade, and assume everything is going to get hacked and stolen tomorrow. <laughs> those <laughs> those are my big three rules, but so, you know, that's, that's nice and all you can do is try, try to, try to educate <laughs> people, and, yeah. Uh, and yeah, basically. So, and then, uh, on top of that, you got to deal with price action. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Once you get through the uh, the murky waters of security and all that shit, then you actually have to trade. <laughs> but, uh, well, speaking of trading, bad. should we should we get get uh, looking at some charts? I guess yeah, that's think, probably as good as it gets. I'd be curious to get Brian's take on the Ethereum movement today. Yep. Actually, it was really cool. We put out a. Uh, I don't know whether no. I guess it was off of. Um, Bitcoin. We, uh, I, you know, what I like to do with my students is I love to uh, empower them, and I love to see that aha moment. And I've been working with setups forever. And uh, one setup, actually, I learned from like one of my first days back in the 1980s, like forever ago. Um, and it's so cool. I love actually like associating with a student that happens to just sort of feel that setup that's a part of them and we uh, tweeted one out uh, the other day uh, I uh, replied to a guy a Zoinky who I just love this guy's a character he's got a funny name on Twitter uh, but if you can follow him I think he calls himself uh, anyway Sushi Nakamoto or something like that I can't remember <laughs> uh, if you go on trading view I think he goes by the name Zoinky really really smart individual anyway he and I were chatting the other day and uh, it was interesting as we were coming into those 38.2s on, uh, on Bitcoin, and we've been talking about that level forever. Um, 
it was interesting watching the conversation he and I had back and forth. We were kind of like, yeah, you know what? The risk reward of going long down here is not bad. And we had just some of the most beautiful technical setups all developed to go long off of that pivot there. I think if anything, when I look at the Ethereum chart, I actually, what I think I saw was a bit of a trap that was laid there. And, um, I was uh, I I don't know whether I can I can get to the point of actually feeling optimistic about Ethereum just yet, um, but I do like the fact that they've sort of just knocked the the fluff out of the market. Um, and when I also you, like can the I fact cut you that, off? <clears throat> pardon? When you say trap, are you are you implying that there's maybe some kind of ulterior motive, um, like to the hack, and Traders just yeah. saw that and, and some big whales started to mess with the market based on that. Um, you know, just curious what your definition of trap is, I guess. Yeah, uh, you know, picture says a thousand words. What what's sort of your favorite Ethereum proxy you'd like to look at if we were gonna look at anything? Uh, you, I'm, I'm usually Poloniex, basically. ETH BTC. That's interesting. So you still actually default to Polo, right? Well, when I'm wow. when I'm looking at no, that's fine. I mean, there's there's no wrong answer here. If anything, just your answer is uh, is um, sort of speaks to me, right? So, um, when I, you know, first and foremost, uh, and I suppose it's interesting how, you know, like a year or two ago, we would never have started our conversation off with Ethereum, right? Doesn't that seem kind of interesting? How, mm -hmm. you know, we're actually starting off talking about Ethereum. Um, I think what I see is um, what they call a megaphone pattern. It's a really tough pattern to trade. And actually, the market that I follow looks a little bit different than this, but there are a couple site numbers that, uh, oh, this is an interesting chart. A little bit different, but something along the lines like that. It's not really the best example here. But if you ever see this, right, and uh, if you ever see my chart, sometimes I put uh, this symbol right here, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever you see that, this is, you know, in essence, this is a tough market to trade. Um, they also call this an expanding wedge. Um, and in essence, you know, you can, and what's really cool is you can actually see the cute little market structure signals at the pivots. Um, but really, I think probably what's caught my attention more is um, what do I want to do here? Remove all going to right? um, If I look at price action here, I just don't know whether uh, we've finished cleaning up yet. Uh, in fact, what's really funny about this is this is another setup that uh, we have in our library that a lot of my students are just absolutely in love with. And you see how we have this sort of market structure bottom, M's and blues, right? And, you know, big shout out. I don't know whether, Michael, you're still, uh, if you're watching tonight, but we had a site member here who just pounded the table. You've got to buy Ethereum here based on all the technical analysis and stuff. Just And just hats off to Michael. Brilliant call. So, you know, if you want to, um, somebody to actually listen to seems to understand the Ethereum chart. I think his name is Michael Kohler. Uh, I don't know whether he has a Twitter feed. If you're out there, Michael, I mean, uh, and it, what's really interesting I find with a lot of my students is 
they do beautiful analysis, but they just don't have the self-confidence in them. They have just haven't done this long enough that they just don't have the self-confidence to believe. And hopefully, Michael, you see this image. Trust me, man, just start believing in yourself. You're a really, really good analyst. Um, but, you know, here we are here. Does it sort of seem like we're maybe just sort of caught in no man's land right here? You know, uh, you heard me squawk for the past, Jesus, how long have we been doing this? At least a couple of years, eh? A couple of years now. Well, there is our reload zone. And the, the, the cool part about it, as Alex likes to point out, is hopefully my message doesn't change very often. So, um, you know, it's the same same poop, different pile. You're what do you think, Alex? Do you attest that I'm pretty consistent? You are the most consistent person I think I've ever met, Brian. <laughs> right on. <laughs> he, he says it almost like an insult. <laughs> no, hey, they're are good. I'll take that as a compliment every day of the week. <laughs> In the world of trading, it is very much a compliment, yes. Yes. <laughs> so um, hopefully you can see this market structure. And what's interesting, too, is we have some interesting key lows against here. Now, we're looking at it this way. I, I see this slightly different. We're actually looking at this relative to BTC. Most of the people that I work with, uh, they want me to look at this versus US dollar. So it's a slightly different image. Feel free to flip over there if you want, Brian. Well, you know, actually, this, I think this chart actually is, tells me more than I need to know. So eh, we can do both. doesn't really matter. Point here is, uh, you know, and it's interesting that we talk about Ethereum what is it called, Enterprise or something like that? Yeah, yeah, Enterprise um, Alliance. They're going corporate, right, and all that kind of crap, right? Wall Street. Remember, and everybody on Twitter, uh, the first thing that I said when I heard that the state of Delaware, um, I don't even know what the hell it's called, they said that stocks can now actually transfer their, uh, their ownership to the blockchain I was just like, Alex, get your you butt down to Delaware now. <laughs> that is just a monstrous opportunity. I sure hope uh, you guys have plans to try and take advantage of that. But the point that I would just make here is, you know, and it's interesting because when I first start with a lot of new people to trading, I give them an assignment. And it's just simply, find me weekly Ws, right? So can everybody see, and hopefully they can, it shouldn't be rocket science. Can you see the W down here? And we could actually make an argument this could be like a monthly W. So it's interesting that we're talking about how Ethereum is an institutional asset, right? And there's like, you know, big boys and all that kind of crap. And the interesting thing is most institutions can't even look at an asset until it has a good weekly structure working to believe that this thing's actually going to even survive. Sure. Um, I think, too, you know, there's a gentleman on uh, Twitter who's a really big fan of the Wyckoff model. And he, I saw him repeatedly through the winter make reference to these kickbacks. And now, really, to judge that this thing is for real, it's actually you want to watch the behavior right in here. And you notice how uh, price just calmed down really politely right through this little window. You see that? So price broke out through the top, came back down and tested the original breakout and just consolidated and said, yep, I'm a bull, I want to be a bull, right? Away we go. So this is obviously a monstrously important level for Ethereum. If I was going to be working stink bids, trying to get coins in on the cheap, that's probably where I'd be looking. And the sad part about it is what's it going to take to get price to come down here? Is it going to take a lot of enthusiasm or maybe a lot of pessimism? 
my guess would be pessimism. Yeah. Maybe talk of things like hacks. Talk sure. Of, you gotta remember, uh, and we used to do it like a couple of years ago on the site. Where there was uh, this uh, Spanish guy who did this interview. Do you guys remember that? And people circulated do a talk. Yeah, about and they the they do the the, the hack, right? And the captions below it. Yeah. I, I'm actually surprised I haven't seen that that uh, that tweet floating around, uh, or you know that uh, they and and they would just dub in the lines, you know, oh, and yeah. then those Ethereum suckers, blah 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 blah. <laughs> and he had like this really funny laugh. Do you remember that anyway? Oh yeah. So you know, we gotta actually get back to those kind of conversations. It's been a while since we've had that kind of environment. Um, and maybe you know the silly ICO season is is sort of fodder for that, right? I mean, and again. To me, what I'm hearing about this parody, that just smacks of amateur. That's not very professional. That's almost a joke. And in fact, if I looked at that as a professional, I would say, this is a fraud. Somebody did this intentionally. You don't make those kind of mistakes accidentally and call yourself a professional. And these guys, you know, they get interviewed by CNBC and around the world. I saw um, a um, a uh, forex house was interviewing this Gavin guy as a crypto professional. Well, if he's accidentally doing this kind of stuff, saying he's not a professional, that's completely amateur. If he is a professional, then what it means is there's something funny going on here. So long and short of it here is, and this is often how price action works, is who's buying up here? I mean, really, come on, it's just. Plain as day, right? And the worst part about it is, if you want to make money from trading, you have to prevent yourself from buying here. You cannot get sucked into this euphoria. You have to look around everybody, and you have to simply say, you know, great, I love the story, it's totally awesome, but you're not getting my money up here. I'll be, you know, this is my money, kind of like what Will was telling you earlier. When you come into this crypto space, you got to actually be defensive. You got to say, hey, you know, the, these people are actually trying to take my money. And you could argue the market in, it, in all its innocence and all its beauty. Do you think maybe it was convenient for some maybe sellers up here to inject some serious optimistic euphoria into the public's eyes to get them to buy into this? You know. It, did they actually buy Ethereum because they had a choice, or did they buy Ethereum because they had to to participate in these ICOs? That's a great point. And, you know, I, I've met folks kind of in real – I'm getting an echo. Oh, sorry, it's driving me nuts. But um, I've met people basically, you know, in real life um, just overhearing a conversation at the bar basically talking about Ethereum. And it's like those <clears throat> those exact sentiments kind of just like – Oh, I'm I'm on such a high note while wow, euphoric, and I just need to get in and like da 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 da, da and I'm just gonna make all this money on Ethereum, and I'm just mm -hmm. thinking, man, you know, I don't know. I'm I've been looking at the chart. We're getting up there. All these ICOs are getting a little crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's it. That's and with the weird part about it is that it actually becomes a self-correcting mechanism. Are right, can the ICOs that 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 have come to market can they pay their rent in Ethereum's? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Are they going to maybe liquidate some of this funding so that they can get dollars to actually go buy computer equipment, pay rent, pay taxes, blah 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 blah. You know, so in a weird sort of way, and, and in the stock market, it's the same thing. 
in essence, uh, through the winter and the spring, we do the, you know, pay, they call it flogging paper, the, you know, getting people to participate in private placements. Um, and it's interesting in this space that's happening too. our buddy Simon. He's basically in the same business. And I would look at these ICOs in a very similar light, people watching this show. This isn't any different. This is capitalism 101. And the worst part about this is a lot of these tokens, you know, people did the financings here, and they're sort of, the tokens are in escrow, they're locked up, mm -hmm. and they're watching price sort of ev uh, evaporate here. So what do you think happens as these sort of lockups expire? Do you think that people are like motivated? Like, oh, crap, yeah, they're not, they're yeah, exactly. get the hell out of here, yeah. right? So it almost becomes like, now we had the tsunami, which pushed price up, and as the funding comes through, we're going to probably get a, a washout back down into reload zones. And we do, you know, technicians like Brian start getting all excited as we get back into respectable trade locations. It's almost cliche how this game works. Um, I don't know whether uh, that gives you a pretty clear idea of what I'm thinking. Could I be a yep, pretty clear. <laughs> I said, yep, it's pretty clear. <laughs> and when it was a couple of smaller ICOs, you know, only raising a couple million or 10 million, it, it, maybe Ethereum market could sustain that dumping for paying costs and it was it was fairly reasonable. But now when you get these Hundred million dollar or two hundred million dollar ICOs. That's, that's a lot of paper, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, I I wonder. I mean, wh why do you need that much money? I mean, some of these ICOs that I'm that I'm seeing are just outrageous. It's like it, it's a simple website, you mm -hmm. know, that quite frankly, Rob and I could build in a weekend, and they're oh. raising millions and millions. And I'm just thinking, what what is this money going towards? I mean, yeah. are you going to hire literally two thousand developers to work on this? You know, so yeah. it's it's kind of putting the cart before the horse and getting all this money, and then it's like, well, what's your motivation to even uh, to even see the project through its to completion? You know, a lot of these folks, you know, not everybody, but a lot of these folks don't even have any kind of track record whatsoever. They're yeah. virtual unknowns, so. Yeah, but it, so the, you know the general. Mode, it makes things interesting, regardless. <laughs> it's it's yeah. fun to watch, but well, and you know that I you know I think the sad part about it is that uh, did people who did participated in the Ethereum ICO did the price ever come back to the ICO level? Uh, no, it hit about a dollar American, and the ICO prices I think was like thirty three cents. So, so I, a lot of those people that did that deal. If they ever hear Ethereum ICO or Ethereum-related ICO, they're going to have that memory in the back of their heads. Um, and if anything, it almost sets them up a little bit for disaster, right? There's also that. I just wanted to throw that in. Kind of yeah. a, at a deep psychological level. Oh, yeah, there you go. Look, the, the what I'm seeing is a lot of screen. these coins uh, come to market. Uh, well, look at that. Ethereum parity wallet hacked. Jeez, weren't we just talking about that? <laughs> <laughs> There's Coinigy bringing you all the up-to-date news about this. I know. Time. you got to hand it to these Coinigy guys. They do a pretty damn good job. So next time we talk to them, uh, somebody give them a compliment. <laughs> that was for you, Will. <laughs> anyway. I appreciate um, it. Um, so, you know, like the chart speaks for itself. And like I said, we actually have a setup that we like to call the shark setup, which just basically says, 
you're going to try and find some sort of market structure. And if the 78.6 FIB lines up off of that level, that's that's a great place to work a bit. And we see a lot of coins just go zing, zing. It's just beautiful. We have one uh, one site member who's been working with me since the winter time, and uh, he's actually in the school now, Kevin. And man, he's like a shark's shark, if that's possible. He's just and it's cool because in Cryptopia, it's just it's it's such a funny market that trading that Cryptopia. Um, but uh, but he's just having a field day in there. <laughs> so way to go. By the way, speaking of Cryptopia, sorry to cut you off. Um, we're about 90% done with the Cryptopia full trading integration. So you guys wow. will be able to track your wallets and trade through Coinigy on Cryptopia soon. Awesome. A lot, a lot of my sleep. Next, next week or two, we're, we're in kind of going through a final testing matrix on it, looking for any edge cases. You're adding all their pairings or just still only Bitcoin? Um, we are still discussing internally. <laughs> well, they, they um, dropped some of their own pairing. Uh, they dropped the Uno pair and then uh, I guess they were under severe ddos and they're cutting some features just to try and like lighten the sure. load of their client um so yeah that, that might be something to touch base with them again like hey we'll add more pairs but tell us which ones actually have volume or like yeah i mean that we're we have the capability to basically see the volume on all the pairs and i think what we're going to do is kind of do a uh, some kind of volume based adding slash removing type of uh, situation really probably only adding but the issue then is you know with new markets you have to have a threshold for minimum volume before you delist them and stuff so we'll figure it out i don't want to yeah. bore everybody with that but cryptopia is coming to coinage soon so yeah well, a lot of people are my favorite it been really really uh, chomping for that so that's, mm -hmm. yeah a lot of i mean we're getting a lot of you know mainly positive uh requests so i don't know whether i'm allowed to say this but somebody on my site just said got just got some free f bleep ck tokens <laughs> 28 sold half at 57 eth way to go preston oh, hats off just yeah um, so isn't that like total crypto and, oh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know whether hey, anybody, Alex, do you, do you, would you be even interested in that token? Do you even know what it is? I had a laugh about it today because somebody sent it to the uh, the Ethereum hackers. Like, uh, yeah, the, the the fuck of the day goes to uh, the the Ethereum hacker. So <laughs> it's like a, a Twitter bot that just like every day they they pick one person to. Uh, send to their wallet one fuck token. So, so yeah. <laughs> nice. And, and that, that's some of the beauty of this too. Um. Uh. So on Saturday I saw a presentation for Rare Pepe. If you guys have heard it about it at all, it's these Pepe trading cards. Where Brian, I'm sure you, someone is going to make a Rare Pepe of you, or maybe we'll make a Bat Rare Pepe. But oh, uh, no, no, the funny no. thing is, if you have a Bitcoin address that's anywhere public. People can just send it to that, and then like, yeah, like it's like almost spam in your wallet, like or it, it, it's permissionless trolling, like, <laughs> and it's yeah, filled with uh, all the yeah. same security. Is that is that the same as those unique cards? Remember, uh, I watched a presentation one of your guys. What was it? it was like breakout or bro coin or something like that? Oh, that? yeah, yeah. And they had uh, they had like unique cards, special cards that you had to like try and they were like really coveted. Is, is that the same sort of thing you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's very much the same thing. They were doing like trading cards that were just like a deck of cards. So like they handed out 52 cards to early beta testers and they were trading for really good money. Uh, yeah. And they were like prizes and poker tournaments. But yeah, like there's also spells of Genesis. There's a bunch of um, 
trading card games and gaming with blockchain. Actually, this Saturday, there'll be a combo on that if you want to drop by the space here, Brian. You're more than welcome while I'm in town. Now, I think that's it. You know what? That's a plan. Just so everybody should know about, uh, well, I was right in the middle of my day. Alex just said, oh, I'm here in town. I'm, I'm outside your door. <laughs> I should have knocked like, on your door, yeah. <laughs> so you just caught me a little off guard there, Slick. But, yeah, I'll make plans to be down there for Saturday, sure. Cool. I'm a last-minute kind of guy. It's just like, you know, at the last minute, I say, hey, let's look at the wheel. We got, you know. 30 minutes left. Yeah, we should uh, we should get uh, on that wheel. Uh, did I did I give this Ethereum my due? I sure hope so. I think so. I think, yeah, bounce off the old high is, a, is probably a good plan for the future. That's a good prediction. I stand by your prediction, Brian. I'm right in that oh, same. I, I also stand by your prediction. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and, you know, the interesting thing is if we pull up our, our old buddy Ubik, actually I'm doing exactly the same strategy there too. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't want to comment on Ubik price action, but... Uh, yeah, no, we don't have to. All right, uh, let's pull up the wheel. And let's give people <laughs> yeah, Alex, can you handle the wheel tonight? That'd be hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the chat. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me pull up the wheel here. Uno momento, hang Private Hangouts chat. Yeah, yeah, okay. I got her here. I don't know, I, what's, uh, the, what's the feedback on the uh, YouTube page and on Twitter? Are people enjoying this? Or um, yeah, let's let me go through here. Uh, BTC Kyle says I'm on a boat. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then Jeremy Fradkoff says you mean a crypto yacht? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, good stuff going on in the chat there. <laughs> okay. Right. Let's. Uh, you guys we'll see the wheel on the my wheel? screen? What's the big winner? Uh, well, I can give it a fresh spin here, just so if you guys are watching. You don't want to do that one? I saw you. Look, look how massive this wheel is, Brian. Yeah, we're going uh, to have to add some additional criteria to the wheel or something. Like, is there a lot of requests? Yeah, we had, I think, 49. Oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> we were just talking about this before the show. Uh, Nautilus. Nautilus. Point. Nautilus. Ooh, I've been a buyer of him lately. Yeah, Brian Kelly's project, Nautilus Coin. It's kind of like his little uh, side deal. And uh, now, uh, in other news too, Brian Kelly is putting together an investment trust uh, to invest in all coins. So, oh boy. Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, um, actually, this is not a bad example of actually investing in out of favor names, right? I mean, hopefully, you can see. This might, I don't think it's going to go the route of things like Arch. Um, I don't think it's going to go the route of things like Max's, Max Kaiser's promotion. But uh, you can definitely see that it's right down at the bottom end of its range here, right? Mm -hmm. um, and good old Brian, um, I love to just simply just go and buy against the bottom end of ranges. Mm -hmm. But we all need to understand that this gentleman is quite a notorious um, operator in the market. He knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I'm a little worried that, you know, if we start talking about... A lot of volume there. Huh? There's a lot of volume there recently. Interesting. Yeah, but I'm a little concerned that uh, he's actually laying a trap here. And I wouldn't be surprised if he actually goes and washes these lows just to piss everybody off. Uh, but at the same time, I do like the fact that we're basically down near a bottom end of a range here. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some shenanigans against this level. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. 
Um, but, you know, I, what I like to teach my level oneers is, and, well, I'm the level oneers, all my students, and really this whole community, is half of my job is just to simply try and get you guys just to stop buying these like face rip up notes, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, if you turn on CNBC, if you turn on the talking heads, right, you open up the uh, rags or whatever, this is when they're going to be talking about this thing. Um, and usually through here, it's actually fairly quiet. So we, I also like to teach my level oneers that, you know, the very first thing that we should do as technicians to try and sort of tilt the odds in our favor is we really want to try and find, you know, just like we showed you on the Ethereum, right? Show me weekly Ws. And we've talked lots about this. This is an interesting one. They really made it. You know, this, if anything, you see how this is acting? This is what I think he's up to right now. So just be cognizant of that. We might see a little FU move. I could very easily see him try and really fuck with the public here and see if he can get them to box. So just be cognizant of that, okay, guys? Um, but at the same time, if I can try and concentrate on charts that have weekly Ws working, then at least I've got at, at least I've got a bit of defense in my position. And um, I, you know, full disclosure, I went and just bought some of the double bottom breakup because I liked it so much. And full disclosure too, I've played this coin a few times. We obviously, well, not obviously, but you can go back and look at the bad shows. You know, we probably talked <laughs> about it a couple of years ago. Uh, playing this move, sell abs on doubles, sell abs on doubles. If anything, this is a great example of what we call our second and third cars, where uh, you're going to get your original capital back on these moves up here from the purchases down here. Um, and then when the market washes itself out, comes right back down, starts showing you signs of, hey, you know, I'm sort of near a bottom. Hey, we're going to go and strap on another car. Um, and obviously this is predicated on the idea that, hey, we're in a bull market and um, I want to get as long and make as much money as possible on this thing. So at this point, we had a second car on and same sort of logic, just roughly, I'm just going to ballpark it here. But, uh, you know, sell halves on doubles now on the second car, they're working away. So at this point, we now have one car that's bought and paid for. We've now put on a second car that's bought and paid for. And now we basically have, when it doubles again, let's just say hypothetically from 50,000, so at 100,000, now we're actually starting to bang out two sell halves on doubles orders, one from the first car and one from the second car, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Market comes back down, and now it's time to put on a third car. And so like I said, I'm going to average my way in here. I don't know what this guy's plan is. I do know that he's a cheeky bugger, and I wouldn't <laughs> trust him as far as I could throw him. So I do like the idea of you know low risk management. I never put more than 5% of my money at risk on any one single play. I think my total exposure on this thing right now is probably about 1%, maybe 2% of my whole portfolio. Um, but uh, you know on the lower time frames, down to the daily, I just really just broke the, uh, the the recent range apart. Like I said, I was more than happy just to go and grab some of this market structure level, but this isn't my only buy. So uh, on this confirmation of the W, 
I just went and grabbed some, but at the same time, I just kept my little reloads on. Let's just keep that 78.6 on the screen just so you can see. And as the market moves higher, I'll just move my bid up just as long. Remember, we talked about the chart. Right? Just to, and every time the market moves higher, okay, well, I'll just keep moving my bid up. Right? They missed me here. Oh, bastards. I hate them, right? But I'll just move my bid up and boom, we get filled. Right? Then uh, market moves up. And actually, I didn't do that trade, but I did do this one. So I bought a little bit there as well. Um, and I also, you know, because this one, actually, this is a really good lesson for everybody watching too. And I noticed that a lot of new people to trading kind of miss this. You notice how there are some holes on this chart. There's a yes. hole right there. Big hole. You see that hole? Mm -hmm. There's also a hole right there. And there's also a hole right there. So I've also got another bid working right down in this area, fully anticipating that he could pull some cheeky cheeks and come down here and want to fill in these bids. Totally understandable. Um, not a, you know, pound, as Da Vinci would say, when was the last time we ever heard Brian pound the table? But <laughs> when I do get, uh, you know, actually we had a really cool setup in Bitcoin. We called it the El Tangonator. Did you guys uh, see that tweet? I think I was talking about it earlier. Um, I don't think so. the most beautiful setup on Bitcoin. Totally was pounding the table on that one. But uh, something like this. We're getting great trade location. Now, if I start pulling up my indicators, there we are. Now, I want to go to my indicators for the, all right, dudes, it's time to load up. We can start really going uh, hunted setups here. Um, we're coming down into some interesting levels. Very interesting. Let's keep an eye out for divergence. What I really like to see out of my MACD indicators, I'd like to see down, up, a nice test of this low, and then a turn back up. So right now, as far as I can see, we've got the down, up, but to actually get this down that registers a higher low than that, and if for it to be divergence, actually I do need to see price make a lower low here. So as I said, I'm still thinking this thing's pointing lower, right? I just don't have the divergence coming in here yet. Um, we do see that our overbought, oversold indicator is quite comfortably oversold. Great. Perfect. Does it make sense here that if you wanted to be a seller, that was that'd be a really bad idea to be a seller here, right? Yep. Does that make any sense? You guys, you guys have heard me squawk about this for a while now, I hope. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think, you know, if you are wanting to sell Nautilus, this is not the time to be thinking. Let this get out of stupid. It might take a month or two. Remember, this guy's a bit cheeky. We're probably going to see some fishing against these lows. Let's let the divergence come in and confirm itself. When you see all of that develop, then we can start pound the table. This thing's going to the man, right? Let's hit the ball. But right now, the way I'm looking at it is he's engineering some sort of backup. He's got, and you know, the worst part about this, right? Is he might even watch this. I doubt he'll watch this, but he might get word of this. He might watch this and he might just say, Yeah, fuck it. Let's just let this thing just die. He might. It's totally possible. This is crypto, right? We saw that on Arch. How many people are, are living in Mobis these days, Alex? 
Uh, yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I think uh, what you're saying earlier, too. With, Ooh, big, uh, big, big echo, big echo on, on here. Uh, from Brian. Your side, Brian. Uh, it's gone. Uh, my side? Oh, sorry. I don't know what I did. Oh, some, um, maybe it wasn't you. I don't know. Anyways, carry on. Uh, so, um, yeah, like I think uh, you, you had a good point, too, of like uh, BK, he's very experienced. Like Brian Kelly, the guy from CNBC, he, he's not, you know, running this uh, without any knowledge or team um, involved in, you know, trading capital markets. So I don't see it like disappearing overnight or like, you know, really going down to one Satoshi like you would see from maybe Max Kaiser kind of projects. But. Uh, <laughs> Hey, uh, I just moved those Max coins over to Yobit. I'm trading in Russia now. Woo! Oh my God, Brian! <laughs> oh, no, not Yobit. You, you never go full Yolo bit, Brian. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, well, you know my attitude is, uh, you know, on Cryptopia, for example, I just uh, I moved over dead coins that Bitrix said were worthless, and now on Cryptopia, I'm sitting on 1.84 BTC. And I've got 1.3, uh, well, 1.2 uh, worth of technically dead coins. But I'm sitting on 1.8 BTC out of just farming these quote-unquote dead coins. So what's so, your what's the general consensus after doing that? I mean, do they usually just shoot to the moon right away after they're after they're delisted from Bitrex? Um, yeah, a little column A, a little column B. You know, like okay. the pod stocks, you know, the, the pod coins, they all took off here recently, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, STV, cute little name. Remember Jesse? Did you see Jesse's tweet today? <laughs> I was like, Jesse, the reason why you like those coins is not because of the story. It's because of something <laughs> else. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's between Jesse and me. I'm just pulling his chain. But oh, anyway, yeah. The point is is that um, I, 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 I see them moving. Cryptopia is a funny exchange because it's very illiquid, right? And if you can work orders at your levels, you know, keep in mind the public, they panic, buy the panic, sell, whatever. But if you uh, if you work your orders at your levels on Cryptopia, don't chase. For God's sakes, don't chase on Cryptopia. But if you work your orders at your levels and you're nice and patient, you'd be surprised at fills that you get. So uh, I think there is a combination. I also see two in this space just before coins are going to be delisted they'll, they'll just ramp them up right we saw that on 8-bit did you see 8-bit recently same sort of no thing. i haven't seen that one in ages actually yeah well, I remember and that's the weird part about this space is that i remember a time when everybody was 8-bit 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 oh 8-bit 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 and now I mean, nobody's interested in these names at all like pasc remember Everybody was Asshole, talking about yeah. that PASC, PASC. I don't hear anybody talking about that anymore. It's so weird. I mean, it's it, there's just so many new coins coming out every other day, and, and now it's the big ICO rage. So all these kind of traditional cryptocurrencies have fallen to the wayside in terms of popularity. But yeah. You never know when they're just going to shoot. In a weird sort of way, you know, Alex wants to get me going on uh, on a little, uh, you know, token on his chain, you know, to sort of monetize our uh, portfolio. But in a weird sort of way, I'm almost re actually reluctant. I, I almost want to let this whole cycle pass because I know there's mm -hmm. going to be some absolute disasters with these ICOs. Absolute total disasters. And I don't want anybody to look at me and go, 
uh, I don't know. Was it? Why did you do this? Was this all to scam the consumer? Was this all to you know a big mm -hmm. fraud? Blah 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 blah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. That's here. a valid concern. Did we talk enough about Nautilus here? Yeah, yeah. So um, let me so. let me give another spin of the old wheel here. Yes, right. I just full disclosure yep. for the public. I am a net buyer of Nautilus down here. I'm. I think it's really worth taking the risk on. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, we got ETH. I guess we already yep. did that. Yep, skip it. Spin the wheel again. Round and round she goes. Yeah, there's like 40 coins on here. This is ridiculous. Yeah, Come by on. the way, if, if you're new and this is your first time watching, um, look out for our tweet at twitter.com slash coinagy the day of the show, and uh, you will be able to request coins to be thrown on the wheel, but I think we're going to have to maybe start throwing in some additional criteria, like a coin's going to have to have two votes or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Way too many. Uh, so we got Omni. Omni is a colored coin protocol. It's like it's a Bitcoin network, and you can. It's where a lot of ICOs happen. One of the first ones on uh, MadeSafe happened using the Omni network. Okay, interesting. Greg's favorite coin, eh? Is it? I don't know. I thought Greg had a lot of favorite coins. He he got me to buy a couple <laughs> of shitty ones that I'm I'm harping him about. I remember he was in love with this thing a while ago. You know, I think uh, on balance, and Greg, uh, miss you, buddy. Uh, we'd love to see you around. I hope you're doing well in life. Um, I think what I see here is, you know, a very typical market structure. Hopefully you guys can see this. We've all been working together long enough. This is probably a broken record. Right? Down, up, down, breakout, pullback. You test that original high. You know, your time to just load the boat was kind of like here. You know, like on um, that Nautilus that I was just talking about, right? I think Nautilus is kind of like at this stage right now. You know, for you to actually know that there's a solid bottom going, you really want to see an action like this. This is this is really textbook. It's quite pretty, actually. You could even almost ar ar argue that it's, uh, to a certain degree, kind of artistic. Um, very symmetrical bottom. You know, when, when I look at this, it's very pretty to me. Especially too, you know, viewers, check this out, right? Do you see this bigger W? In fact, this thing made a lot of Ws. There's an original W that formed over here, and I'm looking at the Bitrex chart. Should we look at it on Bitrex or somewhere else? Yeah, yeah, Bitrex. Your call. Fun. The only thing is the Bitrex one has that huge first bar, but. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm just concentrating on here. Um, double bottom was actually confirmed, right? And you can see there's the lowest low. Beautiful little tight little double bottom right in there. And then what I noticed, and this might even be a shark setup, is, you know, let's see. Yeah, look at that. So 78.6 in this case, it actually proved to be the actual double bottom level. See that? Isn't that incredible? And I often see this with venture capital, right? Remember uh, what Will's caution. Please, viewers, you need to understand this. This is about the most cutting edge venture capital market you can possibly get. So, you know, prices are extremely volatile. But I actually like to listen to the market's message sometimes. And I noticed in venture capital, especially when I was a penny stockbroker, you know, when I was uh, trading crude, right? Crude's a big fat product, right? And a lot of people are participating in it. And crude loves to pivot off to 61.8. In fact, we call that our mountain man level, probably one of the best crude traders I ever knew, this guy named Brandon Riga. Call him mountain man. He just owns 61.8. But in venture capital, I often see 
the, the real battle is not 61.8, it's this 78.6. And in fact, some of my students are like, uh, Brian, you know, great. Uh, you know, and I, I like to call this 78.6, the line in the sand. And here's a fantastic sort of analogy of that, in that market's going to come down against this level. And literally, if this is still a bull, there is going to be a battle royale off of this level. And you can see how the market tried to bottom off it, then it lost it, then it came right back to it, then it came lost it, then right back to it, and then recaptured it, and then it becomes support. I just, this is like the hallmark of venture capital. So if anything, seeing this type of price action, and you know, with my site members, we do like an hour long video every day. I don't know whether you viewers know that. You want to listen to Brian ranting and spewing this stuff on a daily basis. We do this like an hour every single day for viewers, and they love it. We have like a hangout, and it's always packed. And we got people sitting on the side rooms into YouTube. That room fills up too. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. But anyway, so on a daily basis, we go through this, and this is why I can say, you know, like one of our site members, Kevin, is a shark, a shark, shark, because – we're just talking about this every single day. Hey, did you see the trades Kevin did? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, shark. Oh, oh. Anyway, this is a great, great analogy of literally the capitalist process, where 78.6 is the battle line, right? And when it resolves and it recaptures that level, rock and roll, right? <laughs> and the beautiful thing is you got this awesome little double bottom that actually, and I a lot of coins that I trade. I might just go in little old lady, lady, <laughs> little old lady here and here. I love 78.6, might even work some stink bits. And what ends up happening, I find time and time again, it's so cool, is because of this battle uh, and the significance of 78.6, I might like average my way in over a number of purchases. And what ends up happening is my average cost is just about exactly where the market eventually ends up breaking out. So, you know, this is a lesson to you guys. This, you know, if you can see this, it's a total mess, sorry. But um, the point here is this is what you want to see. Double bottom, 78.6, battle off of it. And right here, I remember in, in the springtime, we were like, rah, rah, on me. I was totally jazzed about it. And we loaded up and we did very, very well. We got rewarded very handsomely. Um, but the question here now becomes... Does the market look like this now? No. And if anything, do you see what's what? If we had to describe a letter of the alphabet here, what letter of the alphabet are we kind of seeing? Are we seeing W's? Hmm. Are we seeing maybe a different letter of the alphabet? We'll let the oh, audience chime in here. Okay, let's make this a little easier for you. Let's make this a little easier for you. What are you supposed to think? What are you supposed to say? And Will, you probably hopefully you remember this. I used to bug Rob and and uh well, we haven't seen Rob in a while, have we? Yep, Rob's anyway. still around. Oh, I know he's still around. He's just he's the man behind the mirror or or whatever it is, the Wizard of Oz thing. So what are we supposed to be thinking if we ever see the market smiling at us? Uh, you're about to get bent over, I think, is <laughs> your phrase of choice. <laughs> yeah. And the worst part about this one was is that I trade a trend continuation strategy. 
And the trend continuation strategy, I like to call it the bot, and it just basically gets you in. Um, and I had, you know, one though. I had uh, one low, two lows, three lows, nice market structure. This thing was ready to rock and roll. You see that nice tight consolidation and breakout? Mm -hmm. This thing was ready to go. And it rallied up against previous highs, and then it crapped out, and we had to walk away. And this is a trader's life, guys. I mean, it, this is setups fail. In fact, uh, do you know offhand, what's the average percentage accuracy that a CME floor trader is actually looking for on a day-to-day -day basis? I think you said somewhere around 66%. Well, that's my favorite that, number. That's yours, okay. Yeah. And keep in mind that traders, they need to be trading every single day. So they're not necessarily going to be mm -hmm. trading trend continuation. They might, but typically they're trading ranges. And they're actually, and it's shocking when a lot of people hear this, but they only really want to be quote unquote right about 55, 60% of the time, which means that they're more than happy getting stopped out, you know, 30, 40 plus percent of the time. And if you want to trade, right, a big difference between little old lady uh, nibbles, less than 5% of my portfolio in any one name. Sell halves on doubles, just let my money work at good trade location and quote unquote trading for a living. Um, gonna be taking a little bit bigger bets. If your setups fail, you gotta walk. But of course, if they work, what has to happen relative to the risk that you took? Take profits. Well, more importantly, you get paid. Yeah. Right? You get paid relatively more than the risk that you were willing to take. So here's an example where I did play a setup trying to uh, look for a nice AB equals CD, and it just never came in. She's crapped out now, and frankly speaking, I just don't see anything to get too excited about here right now. Mm -hmm. Sucks, just the way it is. That's and life, but at least yeah. at least you didn't you know lose the farm over it. You apportioned yeah, a, a certain amount and. Yeah, it was interesting. Like, um, you know, this was a bot setup that failed. I, I think I actually traded. No, it wasn't. What the? What's the one that? Oh, PIVX, the one that's Pivot. associated with Dash. Is that, I think this is it. PIVX. Yeah, it's the fork of Dash. Right. So this was one where we had a uh, same sort of logic. We had a uh, uh, nice little ABCD painted a target up here. Nice little consolidation, took the long, got paid. You know, was willing to risk there, took profits up here, three to one risk reward. So, you know, it's just a trader's life, right? You just got to get in there and just keep taking setups. So, um, all right. What do you think? Did we do that coin justice, Omni? I think so. Yeah, yeah. You guys see the wheel here? I'll do maybe one more spin while we got some time. Sure. Okay. Let me remove that round. All right, so uh, people are thinking there's bearish Haramis on ETH right now. Oh, this is a good one to look at. Uh, Zcash. Z-E-C. Z. 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 Z uh, Zebra Edward Charlie. 
Yes. Yep. <laughs> we want to look at this in uh, versus BTC or versus USD or uh, versus Ethereum. Uh. <laughs> Let's stick with the BTC pairing. And the irony of it all is, man, your arbitrage matrix must just be going crazy right now, Will. Get it? I don't even know if you could keep track. Yeah, it's. Uh, ugh, I don't know. I honestly, I haven't even taken a look at it today. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> it's, there's so many different crosses now, eh? I mean, there must, mm -hmm. there must be uh, like a thousand of them now. All right, what did we say? Do we want to do it versus BTC or USD? BTC is what Alex said. Okay, and what exchange do we want to look at? Uh, let's go to uh, Poloniex. They, they started trading first. You, you got that 3,000 Bitcoins per one coin candle. Oh, there. you remember that guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fun, eh? yeah, I remember that. That was funny. That guy's bot was like it was a runaway bot or something like that, wasn't it? There, there's a bunch of people who lost money on the first day, and I don't understand why anyone thought that uh, anything above parity was a good idea to buy. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, I can understand, uh, especially this is nice structure in here. In fact, this is what we call a narrow sideways channel. Mm -hmm. You see how price just, oops, that was interesting. Let's try that again. You see how, uh, one more go, there we go. Right, so can you see how we just sort of settled into this sort of trading range in here? I know lots of guys that would probably look at this as an AB and clone that. If we get the breakout through the top, CD, shooting for a target up into there, that wouldn't have been a bad target window. It's pretty respectable. Um, you know, I suppose you could argue, uh, if anything, this is really a good testament why I like to trade triple bottoms kind of idea, but you can see they had one low, two lows, three lows. If you bought this breakout here, right, if you raced against here, we actually call this the noob stop why because the noobs get stopped out um and you can see they even went after this low boom and really you can see these tails all they're doing is they're fishing down here jerks but they couldn't go after this third low interesting eh? so if you had your stop against this low that's uh that would have kept you in the in the in the trade mm -hmm. um up boom 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 Cute little M up top here, and of course this seasonally this was right on cue. It's just <laughs> it was so cliche. Oh my god, <laughs> ridiculous! And the interesting thing is, is our 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 term, our last term started here. Whoops, um, started here, and it was remarkable to watch the enthusiasm of all the new students, mm -hmm. and you know Brian trying desperately to calm people down. And actually, I was very pleased to see the market act like this here because they got a really, really good lesson. All of my level oneers, they just got they just got a monster lesson in not chasing markets. Um, and hopefully, the public didn't get sucked into that too hard. Well, you know, what are we supposed to say if we see the market smiling at us? Right? There's a little bit of a happy face up top there. Looks like they tried to break the market here, but just couldn't. But uh, definitely a very well-defined happy face up here. Be interesting to too to also see whether there's any divergences or anything on this move versus this move. That might have been a tell. Let's see. Hey, there we go. Right on cue. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love how cliche this shit is. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, hopefully everybody in the audience, right? And this is why I really like to use the MACD histogram to identify these divergences. Hopefully everybody can see that market went up high here. We went to new highs in price, but no new highs in the momentum indicator. Um, and really nasty little double top in our momentum uh, oscillator. And you can see how he's just sort of cleaned himself up here. I suppose one could argue, uh, you know, these all of these names. And, uh, you know, I was putting out tweets earlier today. Um, you know, we were mentioning JC. If JC, if you're watching this, uh, i got to get my address to you so I can get some of Will Swag. He looks so handsome in that shirt of his. Um, but uh, JC and I were just sort of bantering earlier how we kind of felt like, number one, they took the fluff out of the market. The noobs just got schooled big time. Um, and I actually feel like there's some bases coming in here. This is, I, I'm seeing a lot of this kind of, you know, the good part about it, at least the fluff is gone. Phew, right? You can actually see, can you see the bullish divergence that's actually built in here? I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. And if anything, for us to really know that this thing is serious is we got to see the buyers come back. If anything here, guys, can you see? Everybody watching in the audience, great example of volume impetus. In essence, uh, I don't know whether you ever learned that. Did either of you guys stick in the course long enough to uh, to learn volume impetus? I don't think I got to that point. No, I don't think really so. Really powerful tool. I know you've uh, mentioned it on this show quite a few times. Yeah. So can you guys see how price went to a higher high here? But the volume, the actual buying pressure, was nowhere near that old high. Right? So everybody, you know, next cycle, if you're looking for tops and not want to get sucked into buying the top, this should be a major, major warning sign to you. Something is not right with this bull. Right? This is what we call, in essence, this is a volume divergence. Um, I teach a concept called impetus, which simply we want to watch who's who's sort of driving the bus, who's who's got the ball, if you will. If this was a football game, who's who's on offense, who's on defense. Um, and I don't necessarily see that the Bulls have lost control here, but they've just they've really kind of just kind of gone to sleep. It looks like to me too, though, that the Bears aren't really that interested at these prices either. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting that we had this this little bullish divergence developing here. So, and you can see Willie is stupidly oversold. So, really, this thing has the green light to get going again. It's just somebody's got to step in and want to buy this thing. Do you know ZEC? Is there any fundamental drivers or anything coming up that might actually give a person a reason to be a buyer of this thing? Um, I mean, we're getting close to well. I don't know. I don't hear a lot of information. It, I think it comes down to um, uh, what's called the mining market. Like, say Ethereum goes proof of uh, proof of stake or some version of it, and, or it's no longer profitable to mine Ethereum. A lot of the Ethereum mining community is very uh, in like watching Zcash very closely. So I think uh, anything related to mining is going to be the biggest driver of the Zcash news. Um, and and keep in mind, it is very closely tied to Ethereum's uh, privacy developments. Yeah, Zcash had so much hype early on, and I haven't heard anything about it in the, you know, maybe the yeah, past I year. One, I have one uh, um, alumni, actually. He's a level three guy. 
Um, and just so you know, Alex, for whatever it's worth, all the guys in the lounge are saying we really want you on the broiler chicken show more. So just so you're aware of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> really um, I have one gentleman, Sean, down in L.A., and he absolutely swears by this Zcash story. He says it's going to change the world. Uh, I don't know. I don't understand the fundamentals of why people are so jazzed about this. Um, well, I don't know you're Pardon? Oh, uh, I was saying uh, blockchain uh, like has, uh, technology, even though there is some encryption built in, they're, they're very transparent and very public, whereas like uh, Zcash is using, uh, I forget the name of the technology, but they, they have a, a solution for privacy by, by encrypting a, a large portion of like the blockchain um data and uh just like the overall how it runs it's not my favorite privacy solution um but it is definitely one to keep an eye on it's very good science um yeah you can read this z coin uh, uh protocol uh, there's a white paper on it if you really want to learn more it's very technical though can you see how the symmetricality of this chart i got a funny feeling do you see how it went back and forth here back and forth back and forth big spike up <laughs> Spike straight down, back and forth, back and forth. I got a funny feeling you're going to get some sort of spike here. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I wouldn't be surprised on the other side of that we actually have to do this. Remember, yeah. uh, remember a year or two ago we did that on IOC, that market symmetry study? Oh, yeah, yes. Right? Mm -hmm. so, uh, can you see the symmetry here? It's almost like this is the start of the move, and this is the middle. And if we go market symmetry and just flip this around, I got a funny feeling that this is what it's going to look like. Um, yeah, it's key thing to like remember that. is uh, Zcash has really high inflation right now, but it does have a lot of funding and because um, they have the funding from, uh, who is it, Barry Silbert. He's the guy behind GPTC. Roger Ver is one of their funders. Big supporter of Ethereum Classic, too. ETC, yes. right? Yeah, doesn't he want to make an ETC ETF? I'm going to try saying that 10 times fast. <laughs> he, he, uh, he's like the, I would call him the lead dev for uh, ETC, but yeah, he's not a developer. <laughs> he's just really well-connected and well-financed. Mm. Well, as I, I think I'll probably leave it at that, right? In that you want to know that this thing's bottom, show me somebody stepping up here, right? Show me... What I really want to see out of the bulls is I want to see higher highs and higher lows out of the bulls, right? Step up your bulls. Right now, I think, you know, price momentum has gotten its ass kicked. Probably going to be some sort of dead cat bounce. I hope that isn't it. That would really suck. But, you know, for you to really know that this is a bull, we got to see some buyers step up here. It's just that simple, really. Mm -hmm. Good um, deal. And the one thing I wanted to point out before we were done, I honestly believe this, and I've been telling my community this for a while. I honestly believe that if you want a leading indicator in this space, watch Dash. I don't know why. I just heard today that they're actually being accepted uh, that you can use them on the Apple platform now, which I thought was really odd news. That's and the Apple platform. That's very odd because they weren't like uh, Jax had to remove them from the iOS wallet because of uh, Apple said it wasn't an approved cryptocurrency. So Did I, you I see that news today. No, no let me, let me, I, yeah, great. This is that, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Cases uh, Dash passes Apple's review process and becomes available on iOS apps. Oh, okay. 
So they, they just kind of reversed that previous ruling, I think. Yeah, well... Oh, okay, so it must be, yeah, with Jax. That's just what I really wanted to get across was, do you see, you know, if we look at a lot of these coins, they kind of look like where Dash looked like a couple months ago, right? Big face plant. And we're seeing a lot of these coins trying to sort of get off their knees and, and cleaning themselves up a bit, right? Can you see that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, my advice, you know, I don't know when I'm going to be talking to this audience again, but my advice is expect this. This is what I think you need to expect out of the mo- the majority of the crypto space over the next month or two. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some little FUs to try and get the FOMOers in, and there's also going to be some FUs to try and bust them out. But on balance, I think we actually are in a consolidation phase. Wow. The um, yeah, well, the next mo- two months are when a lot of capital markets take uh, capital markets people take uh, take you know the summer off. They you know go to Burning Man with their family and shit. So. <laughs> Burning <laughs> so, Man with their family. That is not where you take your family. Well, maybe now. But... <laughs> well, well, I'll find out. I'm actually going to Burning Man this year, and I'm uh, staying in not the well. I call it the Ethereum camp, but I think the official name is uh, Camp Decentral. So there's going to be a lot of Ethereum people there, and I'll try and get some cool interviews and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I fully see a lot of there's stuff. No involved. electricity there, though, is there? No, no, like the, that's the thing. You have to bring your entire camp. So the that's the main reason I wanted to go is because I got invited to this camp, and I knew they it would be very much camping. It'd be more glamping. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 like they're talking about bringing up mobile steam room unit and stuff. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, total. I mean, they're gonna have like generators and stuff. Totally oh defeated the whole purpose of Burning Man. <laughs> oh yeah, like it's the fintech camp at you know the, the sharing economy event. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it will be kind of funny to see. But yeah, that's uh, that's coming up in the in the next month here. I gotta make sure I gotta record it. I love the fact that you're living life, man. I live vicariously through you. Me too. I'm always in this stuffy little office here, and Alex is traveling the world. I tell you, well, I'm in I'm in Vancouver here to finalize my basement. roadmap, and then I'm gonna be, <laughs> and then I'll be uh, I'll be stuck in the basement a lot longer coding again. So um, yeah, right now is just kind of getting things sorted for Ubic so we can actually like have a business plan because I'm kind of gone full-time crypto in the last two months now and then just now you know it's kind of like a working holiday right now but it's going to be a lot of work in the next year so look for a big announcement soon kind of detailing our full roadmap good deal that's exciting all right i'm super pumped for you man yeah you're gonna head to nigeria uh, and close the deals there um most of our nigeria deals didn't pan out are you like the son of a prince or something <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like, I am the, um, I don't know, heir to the dairy empire that is my dad. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But, um, that nasty tractor holding in to catch on fire again? <laughs> oh, my God. I think it's still sitting in a shed somewhere. They, they need to work on it this winter, I think. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll buy my old man a new tractor someday. I'm just, uh, he, we were talking about um, doing like a crypto project with buying land and tokenizing like farmland. They thought it'd be kind of cool. Like people would get uh, the value of renting property to farmers or something. Like, but uh, it's that's like two more years down the road map. We got we're gonna do a couple of real estate projects first to kind of work up the kinks. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. We have a really exciting uh, road or I guess future coming up here. That's. Well, I've been kind of buzzing on Cloud9. Brian, you and I will sit down. I could use uh, another take on it um, in the next uh, couple of days here. 
Um, okay, I may, I, uh, you know, and you got me on YouTube, but you've got me Saturday, okay? All right. What, what about tomorrow night, Brian? Uh, that's uh, something I just got an email about during the show here. Ross Gerber Kawasaki is confirmed to be on Block Talk tomorrow night. He is the manager of the Kawasaki Hedge Fund, which is like uh, a technical fund. Um, oh, cool. Kind of like Simon stuff? Yeah, yeah. So he does a lot of tweeting on like the Snapchat price, and uh, he's, he's interested in Bitcoin. So we're going to do a little open uh, discussion on ICOs and how it kind of relates to, you know, the dot-com boom and uh, where capital markets are now. Because I think Snapchat did really well because of this thing called the Robinhood app. Like anyone could buy uh, uh, stock really easily yeah. through this app. That's a great really app. <laughs> and crypto isn't even there yet, and we're seeing the same sort of like, kind of millennials, you know, being able to send money anywhere and buying quote unquote stocks. Um, so that's where it's going to be an interesting conversation tomorrow, kind of get a, a taste of what he thinks uh, or what what is the capital market's view of ICOs right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... Well, Thursday belongs to Liam. So if he's agreeable, then uh, I'll tune in. But uh, he's priority number one. Uh, my boy gets Thursdays and Sundays. I'm 100% his. All right. No, well, it'll enough. be recorded too. So yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, uh, I'll call in. I'll uh, I'll watch you online. Um, I'll uh, be cheering for you from the bleachers. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but um, uh, unfortunately, Thursdays uh, that's Liam. <laughs> Liam owns that. No ifs, ands, or buts. <laughs> so yeah, and then Saturday is the block uh, chain and gaming panel. So that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and that's going to be at Decentral. Yeah, yeah, and then afterwards we have uh, yeah, a guy from Bitcoin Unlimited showing up uh, to kind of talk about uh, the hard forking from their perspective. So it's going to be uh, a very heated discussion. Greg to come out. Yes, yeah, I'll tell Greg uh, I'm going to meet with him before I leave town here too. So I'll slide you guys both into my busy schedule. I'll have some R&R &R time. Yeah, cool. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, um Maybe, uh, maybe, hey, hey, we're we're telling the world this. So I'm sorry. Maybe we should talk about this after the show. Do we want to talk about any? I thought comments? we were rapping, so I was just kind oh, of doing my bit about block talks. What are the block talks coming oh, up? Okay. Yeah, it was a, a subtle block talk reference there. Oh, that was a sales pitch. That's what. That oh, yeah. Was. I don't even know you're being sold. So, Speaking of sales pitches, uh, Brian, don't you run some kind of something or else outside of this? Yeah, yeah, we've got a website that we run. Um, it's called therationalinvestor.co. Kind of a fun little site. Um, you can see this is what I wake up to every day, just a bazillion messages. We have a really cool interface, a really nice chat room. You guys really super, super friendly environment. I just, uh, I'm actually, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm very proud of the uh, the job that uh, Seward and Julian have done. It's a really beautiful experience. And the great part about it, I think I've told you guys this before, and a lot of people actually, they can't understand my motivation. I, I'm, I'm motivated very bizarrely. So, uh, you know, actually I highly encourage you guys now, take advantage of me while you've got me. Just suck every little piece of information out of my head and put it into yours, all right? Um, I'm here to help you guys. And you're going um, on a world tour soon, so. Yeah, well, out. the school has just gone absolutely haywire. Um, and if anything, I think, frankly speaking, I didn't I didn't actually expect a, a lot of people to be that interested, and it's, it's just gone absolutely crazy. Like, it... It, we started the last term in May, 
And the fall semester was sold out before the end of the first week of June. I mean, it didn't make any sense to me. These people are basically giving, you know, I mean, they're buying a product. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm a man of my word. They're going to get their product. But they're buying a product that doesn't even start, you know, for another four or five months. And they're just like, take my money, take my money. Um, and, and we, you know, I don't really want to. I actually want to slow this down. But, I mean, we could easily sell out the product for 2018. It's this ridiculous amount of people that are coming. So we must be doing something right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, write a book, Brian. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So, you know, actually I decided um, what I want to do the winter of 2018 is I actually want to visit and I actually want to create almost like a little bit of a documentary in a way. Um, I want to see how this information has actually changed people's lives. I actually want to visit these people. And I mean, we have students from every corner of the world. And I'd really like to take the opportunity to uh, to see what kind of change we've affected. In That's, that is such an awesome idea. Yeah. How, do we, how do we invest or, or back you on that? <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Like, I'll, we'll, Coinergy will throw in some sponsorship there. Like, that's uh -huh. an awesome idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, uh, it's, again, I'm not motivated by money. I, I could give a rat's ass about money. Money's not important to me. Um, so, you know, it might be just something along the lines that I'll just wear a Coinergy shirt every once in a while when I do a little video. Well, play. you know, I'm, I'm just saying just in general, we don't even need to get any advertising yeah. out of it. It's just, yeah, it's a, I mean, I'd like, love I to see like that actually happen. So. I, would like to, uh, I would like to, you know, and what I really want to do is for the site, we do daily videos. Like I said, I do like an hour long video for the site every day. And uh, what I'd actually like to do is I'd like to do the, the daily briefs from people's homes, right? Hey, here's Oscar right beside me. I've always wanted to visit Oscar. He lives in absolute hell right now. He's in Venezuela, downtown, absolute chaos central. Hey. And I would, but but from what I understand, is the information that I gave him really sort of gave him confidence to hey I can get through this, right? And and um, and I, I hope I mean I'm keeping my fingers crossed. You know I want to visit Dad. I want to see what life in Chile's like. And he actually referred one of his buddies uh, to the program, Mauricio, who's getting married in March, and he asked me to come to the wedding. Oh, I'd wow. love to do like hey. a wedding. Hey, <laughs> so that's kind of what uh, I'd like to do next winter, and of course, winter in Vancouver. Blah. So if I could, you know, hit the road for three or four months and maybe clean out the cobwebs in my head and kind of come and, you know, really see what what crypto has done to people's lives, I think it'd be a really, really cool adventure. Good deal. Yeah, so that's what we're doing. Um, and, you know, by all means, like I said, this is our site. Um, and I think we're we're really making some positive change in this world. We're doing JoJo's work here. And the cool part about it is that, you know, I always said that, uh, I always know that she wasn't, it wasn't some sort of fantasy because she said, Brian, you really got to learn to listen to people. And uh, and I really, I really listened. Um and um, and it's been a real pleasure, you know, meeting and listening to both of you, and listening to all. Well, of hey, it's been 
Awesome listening to you over these years, too. So right back at you. Yeah, we need to hear the testimonials of people increasing their financial literacy. Uh, like, what, what what sort of things are possible when you take control of your own wealth and, uh, and, and you know, utilize this technology, which is, like, the low fees, the, the control, the... Um, yeah, I'd really love to hear uh, the stories of people because, uh, yeah, we, we know how successful you've been, Brian, but there, there's got to be success coming for the, uh, in people's personal lives that's kind of spread throughout and really. You know what the big thing is? Let's get a Kickstarter going here or something. Hire a crew, follow you around. Well, I, um, I do know that we've made some people extremely wealthy. I mean, like some young kids, they are like very wealthy people. <laughs> Maybe too wealthy for their age. It's a little embarrassing. Um, so that's great. But I think more importantly, kind of like what you said there, Alex, is what I really like is now these people have actually become sort of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Beacons. Like, emissaries of good behavior and and alex you were even telling me before that what's ended up happening you could even see this in your chat rooms and stuff you're not hearing so much about wrecked and fomo and all those mm -hmm. kind of nasty things just because this idiot brian stockbroker smart ass loudmouth guy just keeps coming week after week with the same damn message right and it's eventually sinking in, and people are actually, you know what, maybe I shouldn't go balls to the wall here, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. There's so, more people in crypto today because of you, yes. Well, I hope so. And, and like I said, what I'd really like to see is, is how that, that's, you know, to a certain degree, really, I want to change the world, right? And let's start just from one, one person at a time and, and affect change. So, now you get me all emotional. <laughs> well, on, that, on that note <laughs> anyway all right enough of the sales pitch i'm just another guy i'm not some big hootenfalutin dude um you know i'm just another guy just trying to help help you guys out and we appreciate yeah. it all right i everybody. don't think i don't think anybody's ever described you as hooten and falutin <laughs> i don't think that's ever come out of my mouth ever uh, well, if you li if you go on Twitter, I'm but sure will you will probably find an insult somewhere in there. Oh yeah, yeah, it'll be a trending hashtag soon. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, on that note, um, yeah, this is Isaac. You know what? I really enjoy talking to you guys. Likewise, it's it's, uh, it's a real pleasure. So thank you very much. Likewise, yeah. I mean, we're we're real thankful that uh, for what you do, Brian. There's no thank question. You. So. Um, and Alex as well, of course. But. Don't worry about me. <laughs> no, yeah, well, Alex is a little. Uh, Alex awesome isn't falutin, but he's a little hooten, you know. Yeah, right. I'm not full I'm known to hoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's referring to something else. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> uh, of which, uh, there's a VR system here that people are lining up to uh, start playing. So I'm gonna have to uh -oh. pack her uh -oh. in here. All right. Well, uh, right, yeah, everybody, thank you very much for tuning in. I really sure hope I've helped you. The boys, you know, they've done an absolute fabulous job as far as I'm concerned. I'll be quiet now. Good night. God bless. Good night, guys. Thanks for watching. Um, I'll throw in my little plug. Uh, like and subscribe, and uh, be notified of the next show, which we estimate is two weeks from now, but I've been completely dropping the ball lately, but I'll, I'm trying to do my best to make sure it happens. So 
Uh, we'll see you soon, and happy trails until then. Bye, everybody. Bye. Toodles.